Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Presented by Corona Premier. With only 2.6 carbs and just 90 calories, it's the light beer you've been waiting for. Also presented by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. And by Erskine Park Golf Course, Elbel Park Golf Course, and Studebaker Park Golf Course. Now, here's Darren Pritchett. Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's a Saturday morning, so it's time to talk some golf on WSBT Radio. My name is Darren Pritchett, joined by Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. Always great to be joined by Tim as we spend an hour talking golf here on WSBT Radio. Tim, I have to say this, it is still a little strange not having John Foster on the program, our other co-host for so many years, the now-retired general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. I mean, I don't want to bring out the tissue box, but uh, what do you miss most about not having John on the program? Oh, man, I don't know. I think there's so much to miss, right? <laughs> His legendary closes about what's happening at Warren and um, uh, the banter back and forth. But, you know, I guarantee he's downloaded the WSBT app and listens to us every morning down there in Virginia where he's living or um, South Carolina. So I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he's still listening. And he's probably thinking, yeah, I'm better than those guys. Yeah, uh, I wish we could. They'd have me on again. <laughs> he, he was on Sports Beat AM the Monday after the Masters, and I will just say he was in oh, his good. rare, outstanding form, analyzing the game of golf in his one-liners. So you know he hasn't lost it, which is good. And and it sounds like he had invitations to go to the Heritage on the PGA Tour down in South Carolina, but he decided not to go. And I understand why he has been so active in the game of golf and with the tournaments he has gone to. He gets the VIP treatment, so he said unless he got the VIP treatment, he wasn't going to go because eh, he just wasn't interested in walking around. So you can see who the big timer of the three was all these years. <laughs> that sounds just like John. <laughs> it sure does. Well, Tim, we had... A really, really nice Saturday. I know we were out at the Blue Goal game on WSBT Radio with sunshine and 80 degrees, and I'm only picturing a packed parking lot at Blackthorn Golf Club. Yeah, that was uh, nice to see. Um, it's unfortunately been few and far between this month, um, but yeah, Saturday was a great day. I think great day across uh, the entire uh, area. Um Kind of that first nice day where everybody was trying to get out. But, yeah, we had every tea time sold for the whole day. And uh, I know a lot of other places were the same way. 
Well, I know yesterday afternoon I spent three hours out at Blackthorn on the maintenance crew, and we were aerating the greens late yesterday afternoon. Unfortunately, the, the heavy rains that rolled through stopped our progress. We were on the eighth hole when the, the heavy rain hit. And I know for golfers, you see the greens. They have the little holes in the sand that obviously goes on the greens. I guess for the average golfer that doesn't understand, what is the importance of a couple of times every year that the greens have to be area to have those holes punched in them well you get a lot of uh, what's called compaction by people you know walking on the greens from the mowers that you know drive on the greens um and uh you want you want to open that um soil up by poking holes in there to um then add sand to it to kind of you know keep the the you know, the uh, surface growing healthy and get the root system uh, of the bent grass um, to uh, maintain, uh, the, you know, the quality turf level. So um, it's good, you know, uh, two times a year. Uh, we do it in the spring and in the fall. And you're basically just trying to kind of open up that soil, get some fresh sand in there and, and uh, um, get your root system so that you have a nice, solid um, playing surface. And then from there, it's up to the golfers, you know, just taking that quick moment and fixing a divot. I guess the one thing I learned back in high school from my high school coach, he would always tell us, when you fix your divot, go ahead and fix another one. Fix another one that's around your divot because it only helps, you know, the golf course stay extremely healthy. So I know with divots on a green, that's one of the biggest battles that you have to contend with. But just taking those five, six seconds to fix a divot, Tim, that can really help out a golf course because everybody wants to play, you know, on smooth greens, but you have to take care of the green in order for that to happen. Yeah, and I don't know um, why it continues to be such a problem in our game that people don't uh, don't take the time to do it. You know, it uh, it kind of blows my mind. But uh, yes, I mean, for those golfers that are out there that are avid, do really uh, care about the golf course and playing conditions, um, I think you see them fixing you know two, three, four divots at a time. Um, so it uh, it doesn't take much time to your point uh, to uh, to do that, and, and it really, really, really uh, increases the um, or decreases the healing time, so that uh, you know you can have fresh um, you know, playing surface um, right away, rather than it taking you know maybe uh, a week for that divot to grow out if nobody fixes it. It's kind of funny, Tim. Just being out there working at Blackthorn and working with the divot mixes that we put together. And we spent a lot of time on the par three tees, putting divot mix in all the divots, trying to get that grass obviously to grow back. I now notice when I go out and play at Blackthorn, obviously you have the divot mix that is attached to the carts. Not only will I fix mine, I will fix two or three others just because that's kind of something we do out there at Blackthorn. And it really does make a difference. People have asked me so many times when I'm fixing divots, when people come by to tee off, you know, how long does it take for a divot to completely come back? And I always tell them, you know what? I honestly don't know. But I always then say, when you put the divot mix in, I can tell you it speeds up the process. 
process significantly. So I don't know what the right answer is, Tim, how long it truly takes for a divot to really grow all the way back. But, boy, you can really help the process by putting that divot mix in those divots. Yeah, no question. It's just I would think, um, you know, like I said, you're talking about, um, you know, a, a few days compared to, you know, to a week or longer. So, hmm. there you go. Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. Darren Pritchett with you. The Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We've been doing this show a long, long time and early on in each golf season. I always brought up to you and John just kind of your thoughts on where we are with the game of golf overall in our area and at your particular golf course. And, Tim, obviously you're the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, out by South Bend International Airport. Let's just kind of start with where the game of golf is, generally speaking. I know you guys, pre-COVID, I, I think the game of golf was pretty strong, but once COVID hit, golf was one of the few activities you could actually get outside and enjoy, and you saw a boost in activity Tim, I know the weather has been kind of harsh, so it may not be fair to you know, answer that question totally and completely at this particular point, but are you sensing the game of golf is continuing to grow even after the COVID numbers have now settled down? Well, it's kind of hard to tell, to your point, with the weather being the way it is, um, as far as is it growing or not. I think uh, from... Um, if we look at our membership sales, if we look at club sales, if we look at, you know, outings being booked um, and those types of things, we certainly are trending um, to maintain, um, you know, where we've been the last couple of years. Um, and um, now we just need the weather to cooperate because I think the demand there. Anytime it's halfway decent, we have a full golf course. So um, I would say that um, – We've definitely maintained, and it's yet to be determined if we're going to be able to grow from where we were. I will say that um, there is um, some uh, terrific um, um, demand for junior golf and new junior golf programs, and uh, we have our camps at Blackthorn that are already filling up, and I know there's a, some other courses that are doing some neat things. Uh, with junior golf that you didn't see there for a while. There just wasn't the demand for it. Um, and so that's good news as well. If we get this next generation uh, where their parents are getting back into the game uh, or just starting the game, that now golf can become a part of their, uh, their, their life, um, which should be absolutely fantastic, you know, kind of for this next generation. Tim, maybe just add on to your comments about the junior camps you have at Blackthorn. What should parents and kids know about those particular camps? Are these for individuals that have never picked up a club, or is it more toward people that have started to play and now ready to take the next step? Well, I think there are several options, You know, like I said, around the area. The first tee Um uh, it has some great programs uh, around the area. Our camps are really for anybody, uh, starting at age 7 through 13. Uh, so if maybe some youngsters uh, have played but really you know, want some more instruction um, or if you've never played at all. So it's kind of a, an option for everybody 
Um, and we find that seven-year-old is kind of the the youngest. We want to start them just with attention span and safety for everybody out there. Um, but we have, you know, 12 and 13-year-olds that have never played before that are just getting introduced to the game. So um, I think, like I said, there's different types of programs that golf courses all around the area uh, that you can try to uh, match up with what the need is for your child. For example, ours is a week-long camp from, you know, 8 a.m. to 11 uh, every day. So it's more of a camp format. Well, some courses would have maybe um, – you know, Saturday mornings for the whole year or, you know what I'm saying? There's different types of programs uh, throughout Michiana. I know, Tim, personally, I picked up a club for the first time just hitting balls around in the backyard when I was like eight years old and I guess officially picked up the game at the age of 12 when I started playing at our local golf course back in Illinois and then played on the high school golf team. I'll say this. It is a sport that I think is fun to pick up as a kid because when you're eight, nine years old and you don't hit a lot of quality shots, maybe you, you hit it off to the right and maybe the ball only travels 30 yards, it doesn't seem so bad because you're younger and you're learning. But when you're starting at the age of 35 and you're struggling hitting the golf ball, it can be a little more frustrating just because I think your expectations of hitting it better as an adult are even higher. So I really encourage people to get their kids involved in the game of golf. Now, it's really a great time to learn, I think, when you're a youngster trying to get those fundamentals down? Well, I think that's a great point. I mean, the older you are, the more golf you've seen on TV or you've, you know, um, witnessed and you see how it's supposed to be where when you're a kid, you know, you don't really have, you know, as much of the expectation. I think you hit it right on the head there. Um, and I, that's why uh, we do with our camps is to try to keep the game uh, as fun as possible where we'll have – different contests and you know uh, we've got an inflatable uh, dragon you try to hit you know the balls with the dragon I mean <laughs> you, know, you want to keep it fun for these kids so they don't get discouraged if they're not uh, playing well but I think you know as you, <laughs> no matter what age you are though and how bad you hit shots once you hit that one that's perfect there's not a better feeling than that when you're out you know playing golf to keep you coming back the next time. Tim, if I'm not mistaken, and I hope I don't have the story wrong, but didn't you pick up the game of golf much later on in life than I did when I picked it up at the age of 12? Yeah, I didn't play my first um, competitive golf match until um, I was in, in college, my freshman year at Bethel. So um, I didn't play much golf at all, even though it was in the family. My dad and um, uncles played and were all very good players. I just... Uh, I never really got into it until I was about 18 years old. Wow. And how quickly did you pick up the game? I guess with what you just said that your your family was pretty good at the game of golf, and I would assume they could instruct you a little bit. Did it take you very long to get competitive? Well, I um, I was you know kind of fortunate where, um, you know, decent – you know, uh, athletic ability. And then, like I said, with, with you just hit on the head, with instruction from my dad and, and different people, I was able to pick it up, you know, pretty quickly and, um, you know, um, got pretty decent pretty quick. But uh, um, it, it's like anything else. It took a lot of time to hit balls and learn how to play and, you know, all those types of things. But 
Um, it's, it's, all, it's all about how much time you want to put into it and, and how much you, uh, how good you want to get. You know what I mean? What got you hooked? What got you coming back over and over to play the game? Well, like I said, I just really never gave it much time or had any interest in playing. And then once you, you know, start hitting balls and you see, you know, the improvement, it becomes addictive. You know, I mean, you just, you, you, you can't wait to get out there again and see how much you can improve. And, you know, um, and when you're playing and you see that score go from, you know, 90 to 85 to breaking 80 for the first time to, you know what I mean, then being able to keep shooting in the 70s and, those, those uh, just kind of becomes, uh, yeah. you know, a challenge. And I think that's why golf is popular for a lot of people is just being able to kind of monitor your, um, your own self-improvement, even if you're not really necessarily playing. You don't have to play against other people, I guess, um, to really be able to judge how much better you're getting in the game of golf. Uh, you can do it um, just by, you know, tracking and, and working on your own game and seeing the improvements right away. I'm going to make a statement, and I think you'll you'll back me up on this, but I think one mistake parents make for youngsters that might be seven, eight, nine years old, giving them clubs to use, they'll have an old set of clubs and they will cut down the shafts and, and make the clubs smaller to fit you know, the young golfer. And it's good for starting out. It's good for hitting golf balls in the backyard. But, Tim, it's not really great for getting out on the golf course and playing because, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, and this is maybe where you can pick up the specifics, but the balance of the golf club is not going to be correct because you're just cutting out a part of the shaft making it smaller junior golf clubs are not overly expensive so it's really worth to go out and buy those right yes i think you know the technology has come so far in junior golf like to your point you know uh when i was a kid or you were a kid and you people just uh, chopped this off well the, the head of the golf club is still way too heavy uh, for a youngster to be able to get any club head speed to get it up in the air to hit it. So uh, now with the weight of the shafts and the weight of the head and, and uh, the junior golf clubs technology has come a long way. And to your point, you can pick up a whole set, you know, for 100, 125 bucks with the bag and everything. So um, I think that there's a, uh, um, you know, like I said, a, a great opportunity again for, uh, youngsters to be able to hit better shots, see better results by utilizing the technology that's out there. Mm. Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. Darren Pritchard with you, the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're with you every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I don't know if this is a tough question or not, Tim, but obviously we survived uh, the main portion of COVID, and I know you had to make changes at your golf club in order to stay open and have a golf course for everybody to play while the virus was very relevant in our community. Now coming out of COVID, obviously we're more back to normal now. I'm just wondering, being in that COVID environment and changing things, do you think you changed anything that you've done with Blackthorn Golf Club or the way you run it because 
you went through the COVID, I guess, has anything carried over from that particular experience and things that maybe have helped you run your business even better and make it better for the golfers that come to Blackthorn? Um, I think we're almost back to normal now. One thing I would say is that um, on the food and beverage side, we still don't have um, you know, a full extensive menu like we did. You know, Trying to find help, number one. Yeah. Um, and then just the mass of it all uh, with, with what little volume we would do on some of those other items uh, compared to just, you know, our burger, brat, and hot dog. Um, it kind of just, you know, didn't make a ton of sense to have that full menu uh, based upon what our sales were and based upon finding a chef. So um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing, Darren, is is, is the food and beverage side of things, um, some of the changes that we made there. But uh, from from everything else, we're, I would say, almost back to where we were pre-COVID. One thing I think golfers will notice when they come out to Blackthorn for the first time this year is things look a little different on the par five fourth hole. Now, obviously, South Bend International Airport is is very near the fourth hole, at least an edge of the airport. And always down the right side of that par five fairway, you've had a long line of trees, which have really done a, a nice job of kind of laying out that particular hole. Well, there are still trees down the right side of that fairway, but they don't go now deep a long way away from the fairway and and maybe you can fill in the blanks a little bit here tim from what i'm told that due to some safety precautions at the airport they have knocked down a good majority of the trees to the right of that particular fairway there are still some trees but just not as many i guess maybe fill in the blank tim what's happening there and i'm wondering how different that hole is going to play i'm just wondering if if the wind is going to be more of a factor on that tee shot with the good number of the trees now gone to the right of that particular fairway well i'm not exactly sure what's happening if it was safety or if they have some other development plans or or what obviously um they did not share that uh, with me personally, okay. um, so I'm not sure, but it's their property. But um, I think a couple things, certainly um, this time of year with no leaves on the tree makes it look a lot more open, um, even with the trees that are there that, you know, don't have leaves on them. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a different look there. Um, and uh, about the wind, I'm not sure um, how that will affect that or not there. I haven't really thought about that. But, uh, yeah, it does look um, a lot different than it, than it has in the past. Yeah, just the, I guess, the rumor mill around the maintenance shop was they have to extend, out, I guess, some runways out for safety precautions. So a lot of trees are gone, to say the least, now to the right of number four. But, you know, otherwise, Tim, I'll tell you what, being around the golf course, other than knocking down a couple of trees to the left of the 14th fairway, I think maybe more for safety precautions just because some limbs fell last year near the cart path, the golf course is... A, in excellent shape, and B, I think it's just that same old championship-level golf course that people come to expect at Blackthorn Golf Club. Yeah, I think the course is in great shape. Um, you're out there more than I am. But um, I think that, again, with, that, uh, with the little play as we've had because of the weather, the, the conditions are awesome. Um, uh, you know, the greens, obviously, not where we're will take, you know, 
few days to get back into shape. But prior to the verification, the greens were fantastic. And a um, little wet out there, as you know, um, yep. still um, on some of the holes. But um, just got to get this weather to cooperate, and uh, we'll be in good uh, in good shape. And I also want to mention a couple of weekends ago, you had the Bethel Invitational out at Blackthorn Golf Club. And I would assume with your relationship with Bethel College, it's a, a really good team that's been formed between Bethel College and Blackthorn Golf Club to bring college golfers to our area. Yes, it's been a great relationship. Obviously, you know, with me going to school there and having a close friendship with, uh, well, first, um, Danny Randolph, who kind of started the, the, the girls' golf program at, at Bethel, um, and then Chris Hess, who kind of, uh, well, coaches the girls overseas, both the boys and the girls. Um, and then for them um, to, I mean, they utilize the golf course, obviously, for all their practice and, and um, both, you know, driving range and playing. But they do an invitational in the spring and in the fall. And then they do their annual uh, fundraiser for the college or the university now um, with us as well. So um, it's been a, a really, really uh, great relationship uh, to have there with Bethel. And Tim, just to tie together the conversation we had about getting youngsters involved in the game at a younger age, and now we're talking about having college golf tournaments at Blackthorn Golf Club. When you see college golf on the Golf Channel, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be shooting some really, really impressive scores. I mean, the elite guys are going to be shooting under par in some of the major collegiate golf tournaments. But in order to enjoy golf in college, Tim, you don't have to shoot 72, 75, even 78 at the different levels of college golf. Really, there's a spot for almost anybody. In fact, I've been told for years, I don't know what it's like on the boys' side, but on the female side of college golf, it sounds like more scholarships get unused on that sport than any other collegiate sport. I don't know if you can add anything to that conversation, but there are great opportunities for even golfers that may shoot in the low to mid-80s to enjoy college golf. Well, I think maybe, Darren, it used to be that way um, because changed? I was one of them. And, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, the, the golf has gotten a lot better um, at those other levels of college golf, uh, both on the women's and the men's side. But, uh, for example, we at the Best Invitational, we had uh, a young lady from Taylor a University shot one under par. Wow. Um, and you remember that day how cold and it was yeah. not ideal playing conditions at all. Um, but, yes, if uh, I, I think that is still the, the stat that is true, that, that uh, uh, female college scholarships are still the most unused uh, scholarships and there's a lot of opportunity um, um, to play both you got junior college you have NAIA you got division three I mean there's you know just a ton of uh opportunity to play golf um and um you know it's it's, it's definitely a, a route to go and I think at the end of the day um you know, it's no matter how good of a team you're on, no matter where you live, if you can shoot the scores and you can get the ball in the hole, you have an opportunity to play at that next level. So I guess my low 80s in high school wouldn't have worked very well in the recruiting process nowadays. <laughs> I don't 
I mean, not, I don't, I think it's, you know, like I said, the, the, the golf has just gotten that much oh. better, you know. Uh, maybe if it's a startup program, they're trying to put, you know, anybody that can break 90 out there. But I think once they get established, they start recruiting. Um, and I think, you know, most of the guys are going to definitely average in the 70s. Hmm. Well, I played in the right era. (laughs) I I had not been given all the great knowledge from Tim Firestone and John Foster to reshape my golf swing. Had I had you guys earlier in my life, who knows what could have been the possibilities. There you go. We could have been great mentors for you. This is the Corona Premier Golf Show. Tim Firestone is the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club. I'm Darren Pritchett. We'll keep the conversation going coming up in just a couple of moments. You're listening to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. Darren Pritchett with you, the host of Sports Beat AM weekday mornings from 6 to 9 here on WSBT Radio and joined by my longtime co-host, Tim Firestone. He is the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. Check out the website, blackthorngolf.com. Well, Tim, I know in the wintertime, the golf shop becomes a place where you can get some instruction out at Blackthorn Golf Club. And now we're getting into the swing of things with summer right around the corner. I know you've mentioned that golf sales of equipment at your place has been really incredible the last few months or maybe dating back to last year. It's kind of interesting with golf equipment. We've talked about it on the program. You know, there are some parts of golf equipment that can get very, very expensive. But you've said you've seen a surge right now in golf equipment sales at Blackthorn Golf Club. Yeah, and I, um, it's not getting cheaper, I'll tell you that. The prices <laughs> continue to go up, and uh, the uh, demand continues to go up uh, as well. Um, it, you know, a lot of these drivers are $600 now. Um, and you're, if you're getting a brand new set of what I'll call premium irons, you're close to $2,000, you know, so it's, it's definitely, uh, an investment, but I, I just think that the ability to custom fit people and to have, uh, the technology, uh, that we have, um, with, uh, our foresight golf and, you know, some courses use track maintenance, but to be able to show the golfer how much improvement they can get with the right shaft and the right head, um, I think it just shows you how much people are willing to buy a game of golf. <laughs> so um, I think that's really um, what's driving it more than anything else is the ability to, to actually let the golfer see the numbers of, of how much straighter and how much longer they can hit with technology. 
You know, Tim, I know there's different levels of prices, and let's use drivers as an example. You mentioned some of the premium drivers are close to $600. But do you truly get what you pay for in terms of improving your game and the forgiveness in some of these drivers? I mean, you can buy a driver for $100, $150, but, I mean, Tim, there's a big, big difference. When you get those premium drivers we're talking about, they can make a difference correct yeah i mean they wouldn't have the success they have if a 150 dollars driver was performing the same way you know so it has to perform better um and and even now i don't know it's i mean 150 dollars driver you're really going down the <laughs> you know to the bottom of the barrel um so uh no i mean and i think you know all the, the, the major club manufacturers are kind of in that same price zone, whether you're with, you know, Titleist or TaylorMade or Callaway, they're all kind of in that same price point of $500 to $600 for a driver. We say this every year, Tim, but I know there are still some people that don't take this advice, and it's very important advice. Don't just buy a golf club off the shelf and then take it out and start playing with it because there's a 99.9% chance that golf club doesn't truly fit you. And if you get the golf club fitted to you, then you're going to get the most out of what you're putting into your golf game. It just makes a whole lot of sense to take the time in order to get fitted properly, which I know is something that can happen out at Blackthorn. Yeah, I think, you know, I had this discussion last week with, with one of our members. Is, uh, you know, I don't care. Just whatever one, grab, grab me which one you think is going to be best. And I was like, look, you know, it, it'll take you 10 or 15 minutes to hit a few balls with Randy or Matt, and they'll be able to tell you exactly what you need. So I think some people think it's like you're just going to be too cumbersome to take the time to do it. But, you know, be patient. Spend 15 minutes and get the right shaft, um, you know, the right head, the right grip, and um, you'll be some, you'll be, you know, so happy you did that. The other thing that um, I think is um, a, something that's kind of driving um, people's satisfaction is that if uh, we fit you. Um, uh, to a, 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 a let's say a regular shafted you know 60 gram whatever shaft and let's say you play a year and you get better and now you're, you have more club at speed you know your swing changes I mean then you know you can swap out the shaft because these drivers now you know can be interchanged with different shafts so you can keep the head and switch your shaft out. So um, I think that's a great uh, selling point uh, as well. Tim, I know TaylorMade is the manufacturer that you carry out at Blackthorn Golf Club. What's new in terms of TaylorMade golf this year? Well, I mean, I think if you uh, have had a chance to watch any golf on TV this spring, they've made a big push. Um and, uh, and Tiger's hitting a new driver as well. It's called the Stealth uh, line, both um, Fairway Woods driver, and they have Stealth irons as well. Um, and uh, having some uh, terrific results. I think DJ was carrying it another like eight or nine yards further than um, 
the uh, Sim 2 uh, from last year. Um, so they're definitely having some success uh, with that line uh, of products. So um, it's uh, Taylor May spends a lot of money on the tour, obviously, uh, with all of their players. But uh, when they can win with them, um, uh, that really helps, I think, with sales and popularity of, of the line. So... Um, we've gotten to the point with uh, with our guys, with Matt and, and Randy, who are instructors, where we now have um, a Tylus fitting cart as well as a Callaway fitting cart um, for people to come in. And so we will be able to help you with any of those lines, depending on what you'd like. You can try some different some different options. So it's not just uh, with TaylorMade, but we've got several lines to choose from. I think, Tim, back when I started playing, or maybe the last time I got irons, it was pretty standard. You got three iron through pitching wedge when you bought an iron set, but it, it seems like now there seem to be more options where you could go four iron to sand wedge or five iron to maybe a couple of different wedges. Is there more flexibility now in terms of what you want in your iron sets? Because there are some people that just feel like they can't hit three and four irons well enough that they'll maybe go to a hybrid wood to take their place. Yeah, the days of people ordering three three iron through pitching wedge are, are I wouldn't say they're completely over, but it's very unique. Most are, you know, four iron through either uh, like that gap wedge, that 52-degree um, uh, wedge, and then they'll add in, you know, a hybrid or two along with the three wood and a driver. Um, there's still a few guys that hit three iron, but very, very few. Um, so we're seeing more and more uh, four iron, you know, through that uh, gap wedge or sand wedge. So you're exactly right. Um, and the other thing is, you know, if you remember, if you go back to the, in the days where, you know, Bobix and some of these big golf shops, they would have 500 sets of clubs, like, on the wall. <laughs> and there was no custom fit, and there was no, I want this iron, not that iron. You bought three through fishing wedge. You didn't have an option where everything we're doing today is being custom built for the golfer, um, and they're able to pick out whatever the heck they want. So much more flexible in this day and age. Do you think those hybrids give golfers a better chance to have success on long range shots? Oh, there's no question. I mean, I, for, I don't carry a three iron. I have, you know, I carry a hybrid. Um, it's, uh, I think it's really helped the game of golf, uh, especially for the older players uh, who are looking to get a little more height on the shot. I mean, to hit a three iron up in the air like you could with a you know a four hybrid or a five hybrid, um, there's, there's just no chance. So I would say uh, the hybrid's been a, a, a huge benefit for the game of golf. Tim, if people want more information on the products you have out at Blackthorn Golf Club, what number can they call? Two three two four six five three. They can check out blackthorngolf.com and our golf uh, academy uh, page from there. Uh, we'll link right to it. All right, very good. That's Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett. You're listening to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
This is the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, the live stream at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app, along with Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett. You know, back in my junior days, I played in a couple of tournaments where you had the the two-ball format, and I know on the PGA Tour last weekend, they had the two-man tournament down in New Orleans. This is a pretty good duo to beat Patrick Cantlay and Xander. Shoffley won by two shots over Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. Tim, back when you were playing competitively, did you ever play in these two-ball events, and did you feel nervous like I did? Because I always felt like if I hit bad shots, I'm putting my partner in such horrible shape that it made it feel like you had more pressure on yourself because you were trying to hit the ball so perfectly. Yeah, I think it's a great format. I think um, uh that uh, uh, you know you can't do many more of them, but maybe even one more of them. But I think that it's just so different to watch. And I think you hit it on the head. Is even from a spectator's point of view, just watching the players' reactions when one guy you know pumps it out of bounds or into the water, and then having his partner have to hit the next shot is a little entertaining. But no, I think you know, I remember though, Darren. These guys are so good that very. You know, I mean, everybody hits a wayward shot, um, but that's a tough format um, to score in. Um, but I think this was one of the tournaments where you looked at who was playing and you saw the teams, and almost everybody in America could have picked out who was going to win. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, those two guys are are, are solid, solid players. But, uh, you know, I just think um, entertaining to watch, great format on tour. And I think they started at, I don't know what do you think five years ago or so, yeah. Where they changed that format down there in New Orleans, and uh, it's also good to see. I don't know if you saw the the Bill Haas and Jay Haas played. Um, he was the oldest player to make a cut, I think, in PGA history. Um, um, or there was some some record that they broke, but um, yeah, it's kind of neat to see who the players pick uh, to play with. Um, and uh, the different personalities and, and the different shots, but no, it's such a, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great format. And I think it's great for the New Orleans event because they were probably looking for a way to attract more top-name golfers to the golf tournament. So I think doing something a little different catches the attention of some of these guys. Maybe they have a buddy they can go out and play and and have some fun. Yeah, they want to win, but it's a little different feeling, I think, on the golf course. Plus, Tim, I just think this format is so highly entertaining during the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. In fact, I enjoy the doubles play really more than the singles play on Sunday in those two events. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, it just uh, it's entertaining. It's it's fun to watch and watch how they they play as a team and what the strategy is and um, you know all of those different things that you don't get to see on a normal weekly basis um, is is kind of neat. Um, they've also done that. Um, and I mean, obviously not the same, exact same format, but the PGA of America uh, started a program about four or five years ago called the PGA Junior League, where they turned it into more something like this. We are not just going out playing your own your own ball. You're actually playing with a teammate. Um, 
And so, again, I think it can make the game more enjoyable. Um, and, and it's different, you know, than just, you know, going out playing your own ball every time. So, um, and I think you hit on the head. New Orleans, I think, was a tournament that really struggled to get a top-notch field there for whatever reason. And I think even I was surprised to see the number of big-name uh, people that played this year. I don't remember there being that many big-name players last year even in the tournament. So maybe they're onto something and they'll continue to grow that event, but definitely enjoyable. All right, let me put you on the spot. If you could pick one PGA Tour player – to join you in a two-ball format down in New Orleans next year, which player would you choose? Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> I'm going for the win and the, any kind of money <laughs> uh, that you could possibly win. <laughs> well, no, I think it'd be fun to play with, too. Well, you probably wouldn't have a whole lot of conversations. He doesn't seem like the chatty type. <laughs> He's pretty quiet, isn't he? Yeah. Pretty reserved kind of guy, yeah. See, it's funny. I but, was... I was going the totally different direction. I was thinking I would probably choose either Jordan Spieth or, or JT, Justin Thomas, because JT and Bones mm-hmm. conversations I think would be interesting. And, heck, Jordan Spieth talks the whole golf tournament and talks to the golf ball. <laughs> he and his caddy have so many in-depth conversations, I think it would be fun to eavesdrop on them. Yeah, it'd be hard to keep up with. I yeah, mean, that's, that's right. nonstop. Well, that was a heck of a win for Spieth two weekends ago to win in that playoff over Cantley. I mean, I think he's good for the game of golf. I think he's great for American golf. I I think American golf needs a couple of guys to really step forward and and carry the flag, and I think JT and Spieth can be two of those guys. Tim, in about 30 seconds, what's happening at Blackthorne? Well, we're just uh, trying to get this weather to cooperate. We still have our Blackthorn uh, cards and other memberships available for sale. We've got our junior golf camps now available for sign up online. Um, and we're ready to kick off this season and and uh, and make 2022 a great golf year. Tim, we'll see you out at Blackthorn. Thanks, Dan. That's Tim Firestone. I'm Darren Pritchett. Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. For Tim Firestone, I'm Darren Pritchett. Thanks for joining us on the Corona Premier Golf Show on WSBT South Bend. This has been the Corona Premier Golf Show, presented by Corona Premier, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing, and by Erskine Park Golf Course, Elbel Park Golf Course, and Studebaker Park Golf Course. Hear the Corona Premier Golf Show every Saturday morning at 8, or catch the podcast at WSBTRadio.com or on the WSBT Radio app. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.